What is up, Dub Nation? This is the We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, the Sports Ethos presentation. Sam like your host here. Man, Warriors coming off of an incredible victory over the Memphis Grizzlies last night, 123-109. to A whole bunch of things to talk about here, and we're just going to jump right into it. First and foremost, no Steph Curry, no Andrew Wiggins, no Jamichael Green. Um, but the Warriors get DiVincenzo back. And on the Memphis Grizzlies side, basically all of their key guys healthy and available. Desmond Bain just having returned from a lengthy absence uh, only in his second game back. Um, man, this was just such an incredible game right from the tip. You had... You know, it's been this narrative the whole season, the tale of the two different versions of the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors at home, one of the best teams in the league, um, record-wise, after beating the Memphis Grizzlies last night. Warriors are now 13-2 and at home, which is second best in the league to only the Memphis Grizzlies. And then on the road, uh, a putrid 3-16. Um, and 16 which is the worst in the league. Um, so you had basically this stretch of games where the Warriors, you know, we were talking about um, the marquee matchup against the Boston Celtics going back two weeks ago on December 10th, where... You know, Warriors have this huge win against the Celtics without Andrew Wiggins. They did have Steph Curry for that one. Um, about to partake on this brutal six-game road trip. Um, but with that win over the Celtics, feeling really good about where the Warriors are and, you know, position to make a nice bounce back in the standings. Head to the road and you drop five out of the six games. Um, quite a few of them in blowout fashion, basically back-to-back 30-point losses in New York against the Knicks and um, against Brooklyn. You lose Steph Curry to the left shoulder dislocation. Um, Andrew Wiggins, you know, edging nearer and nearer to returning, but did not play on that road trip. You lose DiVincenzo and Jermichael Green for a string of games, basically running, you know, Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb as your key rotation players um, who are on two-way deals and just all sorts of discombobulated. And then um, you come out of that road trip, you play the Grizzlies at home, and you basically, you know, this was definitely a highly contested match. Um, Several points in the game, the Grizzlies, you know, tried to, to make runs and get back into it, but effectively the Warriors held on to a significant lead um, for most of the game. They had a nine-point lead with basically, you know, the last possession before halftime um, led it led to a pool turnover. Uh, Clay Thompson fouls a three-point shooter, then gets uh, pool gets called for a technical. It was basically a four-point play cuts the halftime lead to five. And then you had another stretch um, where the Warriors were up by double digits. And in similar fashion, it was a technical and free throws. Uh, it was, you know, 
Warriors trying to intentionally foul Steven Adams. The official, you know, the refs called it a take foul, which was a very perplexing call. Just all sorts of weird calls in this game, to be honest, on both sides. Um, basically, the point is you had two different sequences in the first half and the second half where the Grizzlies were basically given four or five free throws um, in in a possession to to really get back into it. And uh, Warriors had to go back and, and basically rewin the game, which they did. Um, vintage Draymond Green performance, 11 rebounds and 11 assists with only three points. And you just had everyone stepping up and more importantly, hitting their threes. Warriors shot 18 of 44 from the three point line. That's good for 41%. Um, and you had basically everyone on the roster other than who played other than Looney, Kaminga, and Wiseman hit a three. Clay Thompson was three for 12. Draymond was one for one. DiVincenzo was five for nine. Poole was three for 10. Ty Jerome was two for four. Moody was one for three. Lamb was three for four. Uh, Kaminga was 0 for one. So just all sorts of production in the starting lineup and off the bench. Nearly everybody had a net plus minus um, positive rating. Um, Ty Jerome, actually, surprisingly, plus 23 in the 22 minutes that he played. Jonathan Kaminga was plus 21. That was the the second highest on the team, Um, which is pretty significant. Kaminga only played 16 and a half minutes. But let's just talk for a minute about Ty Jerome because I see a lot of chatter or had been seeing a lot of chatter uh, as has just kind of been the course over the last several seasons for the Warriors of criticism towards Steve Kerr. Where's Moses Moody in the rotation? Why are we playing Ty Jerome? Um, Ty Jerome last night was simply incredible. Six of nine from the field, two of four from three, four rebounds, an assist, and a steal, zero turnovers, zero fouls, 14 points. And when you look at his numbers for the season, and this was called out by um, Jeff Van Gundy last night, Ty Jerome is shooting 50-40-90 on the season. 54% from the field, 40, 44% from three, 94.7% from the line, um, an effective field goal percentage rating of 63%, um, which is just insane. And sure, you know, he's only putting up 6.7 points per game, and he's only played in 18 games. Um, and then assist to turnover ratio, 2.3 assists to half a turnover. So, you know, that you kind of push that out to a four, basically a four to one, four assists to one turnover ratio, which is also, um, elite. So when you're the Warriors and you're down Steph Curry and Steve Curry even mentioned this in a recent interview with Anthony Slater of The Athletic, um, you need Ty Jerome in there to play the backup point guard position because that's not Moses Moody. That's not um, Anthony Lamb. That's not Jonathan Kaminga. That's not even really DiVincenzo. Um, you've got Jordan Poole starting at the point. DiVincenzo will handle at times. You know Draymond Green will facilitate at the top of the key at times. But it's Ty Jerome playing backup point guard. And when Steph Curry starts and is healthy, that's Jordan Poole playing backup point guard. And so... You really need that backup point guard to stabilize the offense, 
to get the team into actions and sets. And Ty Jerome, as we just talked about, is incredibly efficient in limited minutes and action. He doesn't turn the ball over. Um, How could you not play him (laughs) With, with these numbers and these stats? Sure, he's not putting up 15 points a game, but that's not what you need out of your backup point guard. You need somebody to come in and not turn the ball over for a team that you know, is one of the worst in turnovers per game, um, who's not going to shoot a high volume of inefficient shots and, you know, is going to make the most of his touches when he does decide to shoot and um, get his team into the actions that uh, the coaching the coaching staff wants them to get into. So that was really surprising to me. I did not kind of realize those uh, those numbers there. And um, just wanted to call that out. Ty Jerome simply on a tear for the Warriors this season. Um, what else can we talk about here? Clay Thompson, 8 of 25 from the field, 32%. Again, 3 of three of 12 from 3, 5 of 5 from the line, 9 rebounds, which was great. 4 assists, 4 offensive rebounds for Thompson. Um, this was, you know... Clay Thompson is quite an interesting story this season. You know, he's been in and out uh, of the lineup, missing back-to-backs, the back end of back-to-backs. He's struggled with his shot mightily. Um, Mental lapses in in games. You know, you had the game in, in Utah where he had the mistake of leaving um, Michael Beasley um, open for a three. Sorry, Malik Beasley, <laughs> not Michael Beasley. And, you know, I think Clay Thompson, it's it's just hard for him to get up for some of these regular season games because you, again, going back to this story of the Warriors being an enigma um, in, the, in the tale of two different teams, Clay Thompson was simply incredible in that Boston Celtics win back on... December 10th, but really had disappeared since then. Um, without Steph Curry, you'd really expect Clay Thompson to take a step forward. And again, going back to that Boston game, Clay was a team high 34 points on 14 of 26, shooting four of 11 from three. Um, and so it just almost feels like Thompson's not really locked in except for these marquee matchups where he knows he really has to be because even though Thompson was a volume shooter against the Grizzlies, he was very much so locked in defensively. He didn't have any turnovers. He ran, he, you know, the offense ran through him at times. He took the shots that were there for him. Offensive rebounds, um, just in the right place at the right time, not making a lot of mistakes. He led the team in minutes um, at 39, almost 40 minutes on the night. Um and just did everything that needed to be done on both sides of the floor. Very much it's the Clay Thompson that we've all kind of grown to love and expect. That's not been the Clay Thompson that showed up on an on a night in night out basis. C- certainly not against Detroit, against Brooklyn on this you know previous six game road trip. This wasn't the same version of Clay Thompson, and so you know I think the story has been, and the vets have talked about this at times when you go on the road. The younger guys struggle a little bit. They feel less comfortable, more out of their comfort zone, and the numbers show to back that up. But for a guy like Clay Thompson, it just kind of surprises me 
the mental lapses that um and the inconsistencies not with his shot but in all the intangibles all the little things within his game that has kind of plagued him this season and is something that you know he's seriously going to need to correct if the warriors are hoping to you know use this win against the grizzlies as a springboard to string together some some more wins over this next stretch of home games while the Warriors remain without Steph Curry, who's now slated to be reevaluated in about two weeks, but still has no timetable to return. Um, so you've got Charlotte, Utah, Portland, Atlanta, Detroit, Orlando, and Phoenix all at home. Um, so what's that? Two, four, six, seven games at home here. Uh, before the Warriors go on another five-game road trip. So you'd really like to see them pick up at least five or six wins there. Um, you know, some some pretty good opponents in the Portland Trailblazers, the Atlanta Hawks, the Utah Jazz, the Phoenix Suns. Um, Orlando Magic can be a handful. So none of these wins are, you know, none of these games are necessarily guaranteed wins, but you need to really capitalize here now that you're back at home for one of the better home teams in the league. And, you know, Clay Thompson's going to need to be and continue to be a really big part of that if the Warriors are going to want to have some success. I think Andrew Wiggins is questionable for Tuesday's matchup against the Charlotte Hornets. That'll be a big story to continue to follow. Obviously, getting Wiggins back would be huge. Um but anyways, back to this Memphis game. What else can we talk about here? Jordan Poole was simply incredible. 32 points on 11 of 25 shooting, 3 of 10 from 3, 7 of 8 from the line, um, 5 turnovers. He did get ejected in the fourth quarter with a sec- second technical foul, um, which makes this win over the Grizzlies even more impressive. Warriors basically had like a 12 or 13, 14, you know, it was about... 12 to 15 point lead, Poole gets ejected, and the game's far from over. The Warriors still had to execute down the stretch, and they did it really with their defense. Um, Just stymieing the Memphis Grizzlies, not giving them open looks. Desmond Bain really struggled. It was more or less the John Morant show. Morant had 36 points on 15 of 29 shooting. Uh, Dylan Brooks had 13 on 4 of 12 shooting, but 1 of 6 from 3. Desmond Bain was 2 of 13 from the field, 0 of 7 from 3 with 9 points. Jaron Jackson Jr., um, he only played 20 minutes, 5 of 7 from the field, basically in foul trouble for the entire game. That was also, I think, uh, a point of emphasis for the Warriors is is getting Jaron Jackson Jr. into foul trouble, which he's been prone to do in his career. So this was just a very high IQ type of game for the Warriors, just executing on both sides and doing a lot of the little, the little savvy things that you do to throw a team off of their mojo who, who are rolling. I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies are the best record in the West and certainly one of the hottest teams in the league. And they looked anything but that um, last night against the Warriors other than John Morant, um, nobody really from the Memphis side posed any type of threat offensively, um, which just really shows the war, you know, the Warriors were locked in and it wasn't just, you know, the, the 
Clay Thompson's and Draymond Green's and Kevon Looney's that were locking in. It was Moses Moody. It was Anthony Lamb. It was Jonathan Kaminga. It was James Wiseman. Wiseman played a crucial eight minutes in this game, was plus eight. He had five rebounds, only one foul, didn't attempt a shot. But some of the best defense I've seen from James Wiseman this season. Um, Wiseman really, I think, taking a step forward with this game and earning the trust of the coaching staff. And that's what it's going to take for him to get into the rotation, especially this is his time without Jermichael Green being healthy and available for the Warriors. After Kavon Looney, you know, you're basically running a small lineup or Draymond at the five or James Wiseman. And so Wiseman, you know, Wiseman wanted the ball in the post a few times. Warriors couldn't get it to him. He didn't, he didn't seem upset by that. He played hard-nosed basketball. He made the right reads defensively, contested a few shots nicely, grabbed some very nice rebounds. This was very, very, very encouraging for James Wiseman um, in this marquee matchup against the Grizzlies. And he was deployed very specifically um, against Brandon Clark. So the coaching staff really kind of keying in on the matchup that they wanted for Wiseman. Um, and he he really succeeded. So that was really encouraging. Also, again, Jonathan Kaminga, I think the numbers speak for himself, plus 21, even though he only attempted two shots, five of eight from the foul line, though. So Kaminga was aggressive in attacking the rim, getting guys into foul trouble, uh, getting to the free throw line. And, you know, the Warriors calling card, knocking down threes. I mean, 18 of 44 from from three and the Grizzlies were nine of 39. So, you know, if the Warriors are hitting 18, 18 threes a game, they're putting themselves in a great position to win. But it's not just going to be Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole doing that, right? It was DiVincenzo who led the team with five main three-pointers, but it was also Ty Jerome hit two, Moses Moody hit one, Anthony Lamb hit three. It's not going to be, you know, Poole and Thompson, you know, hitting 10 threes collectively. They they attempted 22 between the two of those guys, but it needs to be a team effort. It needs to be guys getting great open looks from three and knocking them down. Um, and that seems to have be that seems to have been. You know what we've been able to do and execute at home and for whatever reason on the road that that shot hasn't seemed to follow us, follow with us. But um, again, just so many contributions up and down the roster in this huge, huge win over the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, there's a lot of back and forth on social media right now between the Warriors and the Grizzlies. And there's this, you know, quote unquote rivalry that Draymond Green came out today and said isn't really a rivalry because the Grizzlies haven't won. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, there is mutual respect between the Warriors and the Grizzlies franchises that these are kind of the old guard and the new guard. And I think that Memphis is going to be a very talented and very successful franchise for many years to come. But as it stands today with what they have accomplished thus far as a franchise in the last few years, while they are certainly have that trajectory of 
you know, being able to play in the spotlight, um, you know, NBA finals, Western Conference finals, so on and so forth, they haven't yet reached that point. Losing to the Warriors last season in the second round, um, beating the Warriors the year before in the play-in game. So they're certainly on their way, but they haven't made it there yet. And so it's kind of like, don't count your chickens before they hatch. Um, And so the Grizzlies need to back up all of this confidence that they have uh, with results. And when that happens, they can take all the credit that they want um, and say anything that they want to say. They certainly can say whatever they want to say until then. But there's just there's so much intensity with these two teams play. It's quite entertaining as a fan to watch it you have clay thompson and dylan brooks going at each other the whole night um you know i think there's certainly a little bit of uh both teams kind of vilify personas on both sides especially you know draymond green and and clay thompson now i think for the from the memphis side and then for the warriors you know i think that there's animosity towards dylan brooks for what he did to to GP2 last season in the in the playoffs and and you know what he did there and so there's so much fire that really brings out the best in both in both of these teams when they come up when they face each other and you know this was the first matchup of this season so i think we see them at least two more times if not three more times so those are going to be some very entertaining matchups um as the season continues it'll be interesting to see how all of that goes um and for the warriors coming off of this incredible win after such a disappointing road trip you know still find themselves with a record of 6 and 18 11th in the west so certainly not where you want to be but you know this is such a interesting season and the west is so packed so closely packed together um all it takes is three four five games you know one in a row and you can just leapfrog so so fast up the ladder um the warriors are only six games behind the well i guess actually right now um after the memphis grizzlies lost last night they actually dropped to third and the denver nuggets so currently the western conference rankings are nuggets at one pelicans at two grizzlies at three phoenix at four clippers at five kings at six jazz at seven mavericks at eight portland at nine timberwolves at 10 warriors at 11 so warriors are currently um six games behind first so you go on a three, four game win streak, you can easily move up to three, four, five in the West um, and stay there. And so Warriors have a huge opportunity here with all of these games at home to really gain some traction, gain some chemistry, gain some confidence and continuity with the second unit, with some of these younger players. Um, more opportunity for Wiseman, for Kaminga, for Moody, Ty Jerome, Anthony Lamb. Uh, more opportunities for Jordan Poole to to take on kind of being that lead alpha scorer where defenses are are really keyed up against him. You know, it's really interesting 
that earlier in the season, it was like, well, Jordan Poole needs to play next to Steph Curry because when Jordan Poole's running the second unit, you know, he's got no help around him and defenses are loading up on him and he's struggling to find ways to score efficiently. Now, no Steph Curry, Jordan Poole starting. Defenses are literally like, okay, Jordan Poole, you know, first name at the top of the list for the scouting report. And Poole is still finding ways to score. He's still finding ways to get open shots, to get to the rim, to get to the free throw line and score efficiently. Um, The turnovers continue to be an issue, but I think that is just a product of you know, playing fast and and finding ways to generate looks for himself and for his teammates. And, you know, as long as it's not the god-awful discontinued dribble and and traveling turnovers that are just a product of of lack of footwork and concentration, I'm okay with some of those, Um, with some of those dead ball turnovers where, um, you know, he's trying to do maybe a little too much, but really pushing the boundary and figuring out what he can do and get away with versus what he can't. Um, And so I think it's a, it's a testament to Jordan Poole's growth as a player um, transitioning from, you know, a end of the bench kind of bust player in his first year to this up and coming microwave score off the bench in a limited role to starting for the injured Clay Thompson and having you know, basically the, the, the season of his career to then how do you build from that struggling in and out of starting based on if Clay Thompson's healthy or not, um, with less depth and pieces around you with more expectations after getting the huge contract extension where your shot isn't really as consistent. And now it's, he's so much more confident and patient and understanding of of what needs to happen on the floor and what he needs to do to be successful. You have moments and there was one of these moments last night where Steph Curry is giving encouragement to Jordan Poole and you can see that they're talking a lot together and Curry's really trying to help coach him and get him to reach that next point of kind of superstardom. Um, And so that's really nice to see for Jordan Poole. His growth and development is obviously paramount for this Warriors team that wants to repeat as champions. Um, And so it's just interesting because you can see the potential when you face, you know, a top tier team like the Memphis Grizzlies and take care of them handily when you're missing two of your best players. But then at the same time, you just came off of a stretch where you lost, you know, five out of six on the road, um, several of which in blowout fashion, where you couldn't seem to get anything to go your way. Just like we said after the uh the win over the Celtics, this is, you know, before they went on that on that awful road trip where they lost 5 out of 6. Now you've got these stretch of home games for the Warriors. This is going to be really important for them to pick up a bunch of wins. This is going to be um a big signifier for the team as far as are they able to climb up in the standings or this is this a step in the right direction for, um, you know, putting them back into the conversation of contending for a championship. Uh, when does Andrew Wiggins return? When does Jermichael Green return? Um, and, you know, you've got the trade deadline looming in February. 
that you'd have to think that if the Warriors are not able to capitalize here and, and find themselves still hovering it at or below 500, what does Bob Myers do to shake things up, if anything at all? Um, so this just continues to be a very interesting season to be a Warriors fan, albeit a very frustrating one at the same time for a team that has just come off of a championship victory going through so many issues having to do with chemistry and, and lack of cohesion and lack of experience, which is just so unheard of when you when you think about having these core six guys, um, five of which who have, you know, had five appearances to an NBA finals, and then the other half of the roster basically totally green, inexperienced, trying to find their way, to find their role. And you've got this old school coaching style of Steve Kerr, which is very much um, unforgiving in a sense, right? Guys aren't being given opportunities to just go out there and make mistakes. There are certain mistakes that Kerr simply won't tolerate and um, really keeping guys on a short leash until they are able to execute to the standards of the coaching staff, which some might say are limiting the potential and hampering the confidence of these young guys. But then when you look at the difference in growth between how Kaminga, Wiseman, and Moody looked from the first game of the season to now, you know, the 30th, um, 30th game, I think you can, you can definitely see the progression and the growth and some of the results in this development process. So I know that was a lot. That's all we got for you guys today. Uh, again, Warriors taking on the Charlotte Hornets at home tomorrow. Um, so we'll have some more episodes covering what we hope is the start of a winning streak for the Warriors um, who are in desperate need of what. So once again, this has been a Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, Sports Ethos presentation. Please give me a follow over at Twitter if you haven't already. That's at SCORLIC. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll catch you on the next one.